I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Wednesday. Browns fighting COVID. The Vegas spread, though, is holding steady. It was plus six yesterday for the Browns, up from plus four versus the Steelers, but it hasn't moved since yesterday. Alabama's up to minus eight over Ohio State. Some of the money on Waddle's possible return, some against Ohio State for their fight versus COVID. Devontae Smith wins the Heisman, and we called it. He was 100-1 to before the season. Minus 200 when the voting stopped, and 1,000 minus 1,000 yesterday. The money said Smith, and Smith it was. Here comes a full hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J. live in Las Vegas, live on a Wednesday, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. In studio, Steve Fezzik, looking ready to go. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. Fez, Heisman, doesn't feel the same as it used to. <laughs> I didn't even know that they were giving it out, RJ. You mean you didn't that know? Date. That date. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you didn't have a bet on it? No. <laughs> All right. We're the pros. He's the Joe in L.A., Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we get closer and closer to three wild card games on Saturday and another three in the NFL on Sunday, what is the Vegas lead here on this Wednesday? The Cleveland Browns and the complexity, the more I think about it, the more I see it to be a big deal, a bigger deal than I thought yesterday with the COVID, with the coach, So I think we start there. Yeah, and the uh, Cleveland Browns, no new positive tests reported back on Wednesday. So the Browns gearing up without their head coach and their Pro Bowl guard to go on the road and take on the Steelers this Sunday night. Okay, my first thought yesterday was a line move from Pittsburgh favored by four to Pittsburgh favored by six. That would be too much. And that coaches, there's a name recognition, there's a sense of how do we do it without the coach, but maybe it's not as important. I thought Jonas, upon reflection, had the key point that kind of got lost in the mix yesterday, which was the idea that this is the play caller. This is, this is the head coach, yes, but in an era of a lot of CEO-type supervisors as coach, We're talking about the guy calling the plays on game day, or in this case, not. And though players are often hurt, Big Ben, he's hurt sometimes. Quarterback XYZ, for the most part, typically, you get used to that. Oh, the receiver's out. When is the head coach out? When is the play caller out? 
I can't remember, you know, obviously COVID has changed the rules in a way with this, changed the reality, but what is the history here? What is the like, hey, we can do it like we did back in 2017? No. So not only had coach gone, play caller gone, but you've got a situation where not only haven't the Browns faced this, but who has? Mm -hmm. I think it's a bigger deal than I thought. And then you add in the idea of the facility being shut down, of players being out, including a key lineman. Maybe two points, especially through four through six, which are not particularly key numbers. Four and a half to five to five and a half to six. It's two points, but it's not. It's it's about the least valuable two points you can get. Fez, what's your overall thoughts? Yeah, Baker Mayfield. Is he a guy that I want to bet on when I've got all kind of um, changes going on around me? So here's a quarterback that when he's not pressured, he's been very good. Under pressure, he has struggled mightily, and now all of a sudden, uh, all the play calling has changed. You've got um, the routine of the week change, and here comes his biggest game of his career, his first playoff game. Not a quarterback I want to back here. So are you connecting pressure from defensive linemen to pressure as in, hey, the stakes are high? Yes, I am. (laughs) Now, make the case. Uh, I mean... So you're saying the kind of person that's going to get frazzled because there's a big D lineman coming at him is the kind of person that's going to get frazzled because of any disruption? I believe so, yes. Wow. That's Steve Fezzik. I'm R.J. Bell. Jonas, how how has it sat with you? I just I take more from what I saw last Sunday than I do from them not having Stefanski in their guard. And obviously, I think not having a Batonio is a bigger deal than having Stefanski in my mind. But I just I came away from Sunday being really, really concerned about the Cleveland Browns because I would argue that Baker Mayfield got outplayed by Mason Rudolph in that game and they were fortunate to win that game. So that to me is stuck in my mind more so than the covid test, a positive covid test for them this week. Well, here's the question. Let's assume you're right about Baker's level performance, and I think generally you are. It's one game. So is there anything about the one game other than it being the most recent game? So if any one game is going to mean more, it's the most recent one. But in the scheme of the season, the one game is a smallish thing. Typically, is there a reason you would think the one game would be so much more important to Baker and the Browns specifically last week? Yeah, because the Steelers were resting starters. Ben Roethlisberger wasn't in the game. So it's the, the it's the matchup. Yeah, just I just looked at it and I and I thought, well, that didn't seem all that hot. Like that, I, I came away from that just not being impressed at all with Cleveland and and more concerned moving into the next week against Pittsburgh than anything. So any Browns lineman, this lineman. A half a point? I mean, that, that seems like the max. Yeah. If you, were ju- if you were just looking at the linemen. Just looking at linemen, yeah, I would say a half a point. I mean, he's a guard. I mean, important, but I don't know that it's a, a make or break to the game. Yeah, I don't think – I mean, is there any lineman worth more than a half point, Fez? I mean – Maybe, but no. I think you're stretching. And Cleveland has three really good O linemen: Teller, Conklin, and Petonio. So you know, it's already, it, 
Yeah, he went, he's going to the. He was going the to the. Theory pro- is it's the opposite of cluster injuries, which is you can compensate for something. Though it's obviously a negative. Jonas is absolutely right. Is it can be compensated for? Yes, uh, and I would say that Bakhtiari, the tackle that got injured for Green Bay, is a much bigger loss for Green Bay than Batonio being out for a game for Cleveland. In my mind, we're straight out of Vegas talking about the Cleveland COVID battle. Now, let's. Let's go through for a final time here the factors. So we got the linemen, we're calling it a half a point. We got the coach and the play caller out. What do you, I mean, just give me a number on that one 1.75 points. So, so upwards of two, almost two points, <laughs> over one and a half. Yeah. And then we got how much is lost when there's a facility shut down. I mean, that's, that's more than zero. Sure. So it strikes me that if the line goes from four to six, and you're saying, you know, one and a half to two points just for the coach slash play caller, half point for the lineman, something for the facility, something for the fact that the chance of someone else coming down with it is higher. Yeah, that's a great point. Unequivocally higher. So that 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 uncertainty has to be priced in. It feels like that, and I'll make this statement very explicitly, and we see if anyone disagrees with it. I would rather have Pittsburgh, given the givens right now, at a six-point favor than Pittsburgh, given the givens three days ago, as a four-point favorite. The line's gone from four to six. I'm saying Pittsburgh's more attractive now than they were at minus four because of these factors. I don't think the line, upon reflection, has even moved enough. Disagree or agree? Strongly agree. I've got to be honest, I'm shocked that this line's holding at six. I would have thought it would have leaked up to six and a half already because I can't make a case right now for Cleveland, and I would have thought even more money would have come in on Pittsburgh today. Last thing, I'll make a slight case. I think the Browns were so nervous. They were so potentially in their own heads, which I think Jonas's point is, hey, if you got to win to get in against the backups and you're looking that bad, what's going to happen when the big boys step up? Maybe in a way this takes the pressure off. And I have no Mm. doubt if the Browns start poorly, it it will be a likely avalanche against them. But the Browns get up 10-3, all of a sudden there's going to be a sense of, hey, we're playing with house money. I would actually think the Browns have a slightly better chance to win the game, which was you know not likely anyway. And I think Pittsburgh has a much better chance to win by 30. Like I think the extreme results, as they say in math, the fat tail, usually there's a bell curve and a certain size tail on the extremes. I think both for Pittsburgh dominating and for Cleveland winning the game outright, the odds have increased. Yeah, I agree with that, especially thinking about how the game's going to progress. If it's close or Cleveland has a small lead, no problem. Pound it to Chubb, keep it on the ground. But if Cleveland gets down 10, can't you just see Baker Mayfield getting strip sacked, throwing a pick six, and this just getting ugly? Well, I think you're, you'll be there to exploit it in, in game. <laughs> All right, when we come back, we're going to look at the entire NFL card. We talked Pittsburgh, Cleveland. These games are too big. It's Wednesday. We're going to start looking ahead. We're going to go one after the other and break him down. That's coming up next, but first, he's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! 
Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with intervention. I disagree with protocol. If you speak out against the words, then the heavens gonna fall. The government. I'm R.J. Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will continue to take a closer look at the wild card weekend in the National Football League. Yeah, I mean, we're going to go over all five remaining games. First segment, we talked Steelers-Browns. Our conclusion was this line move is insufficient given all the givens when it comes to the COVID reality for the Browns. We like the Steelers more at minus six than we would have at minus four. Is it a is it a bet for you, Steve? It was a strong lean. A strong lean. <laughs> so no money. I kind of I kind of like Pittsburgh here. Actually, I kind of do. So I'm gonna make it. I'll make it because I think the line's gonna go up. I don't see how it gets better for the Browns. So I'll make it an early best bet. Pittsburgh. Laying the six, and we're just getting started. Great day to join. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audience has doubled in the last year plus. Thank you so much for the support. We're going to fight, fight, fight to keep the winners coming, finish off the best football season yet. You can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Just search for Straight Out of Vegas, right here in Vegas on the strip. 60 degrees, the neon is chugging. So, RJ, wildcard weekend in the AFC kicks off with the 2-7 matchup. The Indianapolis Colts needed some help from the Bills last week to get in, and now they find themselves in Buffalo with the Bills a six-point favorite. I got a little theme song for us. Hello, is everybody watching? Before I get the party started, you know you want to be invited. Step right up. That's, that sounded like you just wanted to get in the middle and start moshing, Faz. When's the last time you moshed? I don't know what moshing is. Help me out. But you have a kid. <laughs> yes. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> that's Steve Fezzik. I'm RJ Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. Okay. It's time to look at game. What game did we start with, Jonas? We start with the Colts and the Bills. That's the opener this week. Okay. What do you got, Fez? It sure looks like a great spot for the Bills. And you know what? So so what's the greatness of the spot? Well. Because I feel kind of otherwise. Interesting. So the Bills basically didn't need to win last week. And they wrapped up. You're saying they're hot. I'm I'm saying they didn't have to use up a lot of energy last week. They're obviously the red hot, and they could they could have coasted against Miami. They pulled Josh Allen. They still clobbered but, Miami. But I would make the following case: whatever that tell you, always got to balance, as you know, with batting, is what is the effect, and what is the accounting of that effect. So let's say, for example that a guy comes back who is a big name, he was injured, but he's not that good anymore. He might move the line a half a point, but he's only worth you know a tenth of a point. It's better to have that guy back, but the line adjustment's even bigger, and thus the bet's worse because he came back. Could I make the case? Could you agree, if I did make the case, that whatever we saw from the Bills— when they didn't really need to win and they dominated a potential playoff team, that the mindset of the public has been so swayed by that, 
that the Bills are less attractive now because that reality, what they saw the public, has convinced them of the Bills' greatness more so than the greatness was actually conveyed by what we saw. You're certainly paying a point spread tax. The line on this game is six and a half in most places right now. In terms of power ratings between these two teams, I make the game four and a half. So, yeah, what you're saying, there's been a reaction to that blowout win, no doubt. So I think that there's a sense that, hey, let's upgrade them, mm-hmm. maybe even upgrade them a point because it was so impressive, but maybe the market's upgraded them too, and thus they're less attractive. So where's your lean on this game early? Well, I, I still lean Buffalo because mm-hmm. I, I hate the spot. you are quite square. Uh, sometimes, sometimes square wins. So, yeah, well, that's what you're hoping. I for. got a dome team in Indy, heading to the elements here in Buffalo. Indy's only played one game in the cold all year long. They lost at Pittsburgh. You love that cold because that's that's a simple handicap. Mm-hmm. You could just look at the weather and say, "Oh, look, it's cold." <laughs> Where's that other team from? Okay, Indianapolis. It's kind of cold in Indianapolis, isn't it? Yeah, but they practice and play indoors. Oh, Come on. okay. There you go. Soft dome team, RJ. So that means you've been soft everywhere you've ever walked on earth because you've never practiced anyway, really. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> That's Steve Fezzik. I'm R.J. Bell. I'm not getting your handicap. So, I mean, literally, well, let me ask you this. How is your handicap different than Barney at the bar? Barney at the bar is going to say, in fact, we'll let Joni speak for Barney. What is Barney saying about this game, the Bills game, you think? The, the, ca- the, the typical casual fan. Well, he's sitting at the bar top. He's, uh, you know, he's just getting the free pretzels in the bowl because he doesn't want to pay for the appetizer. And so he refuses to wear his mask and he's having a Bud Light because it's on sale. It isn't even like Bud Light, but it's on sale. So he's drinking a Bud Light. <laughs> I'm following. Yeah. And then he's uh, he's telling people there's no way the Colts have any shot in this game because the Bills are the hottest team in the NFL. And Josh Allen put up 50 plus Matt Barkley threw a touchdown against Miami last Last week, so even if if Josh Allen goes out, Matt Barkley's going to come in. They've got the hottest offensive coordinator name in the NFL, and there's going to be over six thousand fans in attendance. So they've got a significant home field advantage based on that fan base in Buffalo. I got to tell you something. We found a talent here for this guy. <laughs> Him being Barney is a new thing. I promise you, excellent. But, Fez, that sounded like your handicap. You know, I really don't like what the Colts did last week. They got <laughs> oh, now, now you're adding to your handicap. I am. So, we have a situation. You've been, sh- you've been shamed. Where the, all they have, the Colts have to do is beat Jacksonville, and they were expected to crush Jacksonville. They did win by 14. But the bottom line is they were nursing a six-point lead late in that game. That should not have happened for a Colts team that needed that win uh, to, to get into the playoffs. That sounds square, too. You're saying they played the worst team in the NFL and they couldn't blow them out. And the Bills weren't even trying. Well, it was a misleading final. Also, the game easily could have landed six. There was a breakaway run for a touchdown towards the end of the fourth quarter. Okay, Jonas. <laughs> Slim pickings on that game. Yeah. And uh, here we go on to the next game in which we don't know who the starting quarterback, RJ, is going to be for the L.A. Rams. Sean McVay's been noncommittal, whether it's going to be Jared Goff or John Wolford. But the Rams are at the Seahawks on Saturday. Right now, Seattle's a three-and-a-half-point favorite. You know, on Howard Stern, back in the day, Jackie the Joke Man, he used to at times be thinking he didn't have to do his main job and this is what he would say he would do. I had 
to go punch up scripts in Hollywood. <laughs> he was going to punch up scripts in Hollywood, Fads. What's your alternative? <laughs> I have none. Next game. Next game. You know, I love the under in this game. I just don't see where the points are coming from. These two teams. Have so what's the total? Total right now is 42 and a half. All right. So under 42 and a half. I'm following. Go ahead. So they played twice already this year. we got a backup quarterback. <laughs> so without the with, with the starting quarterbacks, 29 points and 39 points in the two games that they played. Now we're going to have a situation where if Goff plays, he's going to be compromised with his his thumb that had to have surgery on it, or we get John Wolford. That's going to help the under. There's no doubt about it. And I love the fact Seattle has completely changed their identity. Early in the year, Seattle was throwing the ball like crazy. All these high-scoring games. Recently, last six games, Seattle's games have averaged 37 and a half points. So Seattle's gone from a high-scoring team, team that plays high-scoring games, to one that's playing low-scoring games. Okay, I can see that. So one of the things as the season gets deep, and now we're 16 games plus, moving to plus, you can find out whose numbers on the season are not the truth of today, not indicative. So of all the teams, I would say Seattle is in that top handful that the season stats are not are, are deceptive in a way because they were pure offense, one of the worst, if not worst, passing defenses in years. And now with the – I always forget his name. The Bengals guy they got, the tall dude, the D-lineman. Carlos uh, Dunlap. Yes, Dunlap. Thank you. And he seems to have contributed. Uh, Jamal Adams, it feels like they're finding his role better in Seattle. And the defense has gotten better. I think some of it is the strength of schedule of the opposing offenses has been weak, but I do think unequivocally the Seattle defense has improved. Just as clearly, Russell Wilson's not playing the same game he had earlier. He was legitimately the MVP leader, and I'd make the case he's not a, he hasn't been a top 10 quarterback in the second half of the year. Now, I heard just recently... And again, I'm not an X's and O's expert. I haven't coached in the NFL, but they're talking about how Russell Wilson was so dependent on going deep, and he throws one of the best deep balls, that the defenses have been adjusting and saying, we're taking that away, now what? And he's been struggling with it. And to me, that all feeds into the under here. In addition, in addition, the fact that McVay's done very well against Seattle. Schematically, he knows how to stop. And again, you got a rare case where you have the same quarterback, Russell Wilson, same coach, where you can say three years, we got some data on this, right? Playing twice a year. I really like the under because here's the last thing you know about McVay. He's not, he understands the kind of game that they got to play to win, either with a compromised golf or a backup quarterback. And we saw it last week. They were super conservative, punting more than he typically would. Yes. On four. And to me, that is the key here. And they had success doing that. Because that's, that, that, that is best practice. That is basic strategy. If you have a limited quarterback, you want to lower the variance. And, and let's be candid – McVeigh's trust in his ability to win a close game. And they're a road dog anyway, so they're happy with a close game. Now, I would hate to see Seattle get out to a big lead. And I would be looking, 
even if they got out 10 nothing. And a lot of times, and you can correct me on this because you're the in-game expert, a lot of times a team gets a big lead, the under looks good because the other team's going to struggle coming back and the team leading is going to sit, you know, take the air out of the ball. I think with the Rams, with a limited quarterback, if they're behind, there's trouble. I like the over at that point in-game if that happened because I would think there's going to be strip sacks, there's going to be pick sixes. So I would say bet the under, and if Seattle gets up by double digits early, look to hedge back if the number's right. Obviously, on my pick, if I do make it, I'm not going to make this one official. There won't be any hedging. But it's a piece of advice. Do you agree with the advice? I do. And I got to ask you, should we just play some of our bet first half under 21 to take that out of play? No. No. And here's why. I'm actually thinking second half more because, remember, the Rams are one of the best adjusters there is. I'm going to do the analysis on this, but the Rams historically have been best in the third quarter this season. Yes. Remember, we've been talking about that. So I'm actually anxious to try to isolate that even more. And the beauty is if we do that one at halftime, whereas it's a contingency bet, we can get if there is a Seattle blowout, we don't have to make the bet. That's probably how I'll play it. You like that? I do like that. You know, one more point. DK Metcalf, who's been a tremendous wide receiver for Seattle, he's not on the injury report. He's had four straight subpar games. You gotta wonder if there's not some issue you going know, some on. Some of that's too is is he's the guy that's trying to take the top off. Yeah. And they've been stopping that. So we're in Vegas. Let's see what Jonas thinks. Do you you can talk about the game, Jonas, or if you like our under dealer's choice? Yeah, I think if I'm just looking at the Rams' approach to this game, even if Jared Goff does start the game, and I think there's, I believe that Jared Goff is going to start the game. I think that's why they chose to have the surgery right after he suffered the injury because the idea was let's get him back for this game, regardless. And you made the point, whoever it is, Goff, Wolford, they're going to be compromised at that position, which means they're going to rely to me more heavily on the run and they're going to expect their defense to make enough plays against the Seattle offense that isn't close to being as explosive as they were early in the season. That's why I also agree this could be a low-scoring affair. And Steve talks about the weather all the time. The other conversation here is that weather could impact the game. There could be rain. There could be cold. And that's why there's some doubt about how effective Goff will be with the injury. Jonas is having a strong show, baby. Jonas Knox, (laughs) total right now is 40 Two and a half. Um, with the word that Goff is more likely to play than we th- than we thought a day or two ago, the Rams did go from a plus four underdog to a three and a half point underdog. So a little bit of movement towards the Rams because of the optimism with quarterback Jared Goff. Fez, I'll be honest with you. Goff healthy versus the backup? Yeah, I'm fine. Give me the starter. Him with a hurt hand, you talked about Baker Mayfield being the type of quarterback that struggles when things aren't quite right for him. Jared Goff is that times two, I think. You know, imagine him starting to like, you, like, like move his hand. You know, when someone's got like a stiff hand, he's like kind of moving it, like he's like throwing a quarter down or something, and he starts massaging it. I mean, that's like your money. Just every time he massages his thumb, it's like your money going into the drain if somehow you bet the Rams. No doubt. And I do have a four point differential at 100% Goff versus John Wolford, but I think. So what did you do with Wolford off of what you saw last week? I upgraded Wolford one point. 
Mm, I think it should be more than that. He, 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 he wasn't given the opportunity to excel, but he didn't do anything really. Let's just say this. You didn't have the catastrophe you think you might have with a guy. And this is a winning. This was a quarterback that's won at every level. That's, and obviously, the jump to the NFL is tough. He probably doesn't have the physical tools to be a starter. But for a limited amount of games, now there is the flip side. Once they get taped one time on a quarterback, it's tough for that second game, especially when they're physically limited. But that makes our under look better. Yeah, and the mobility, he certainly took to the ground, and I expect he'll do more of that this coming game if he plays. And this is going to sound kind of goofy in a way, but I actually like the under more with the backup because I think he'll make less mistakes than Goff will. So I get it. In theory, you would always like the under more with the backup, but I'm saying it's not because I think Goff's going to play Better, I'm scared of that. I'm scared of Goff fumbling. I'm scared of Goff's pick sixes. And Goff may well say, you know, uh, muscle memory. This is a throw I can make, not realizing which we- throws that. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> but when he's got the, the 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 thumb injury, he'll think he can make it. And he can't make it. I don't wish bad upon Goff, but I'm hoping we hear that he's out. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. I'm going to do something a little different, Jonas. Let's do an early break, and we'll have a jumbo final segment that will go over like at least three of the remaining games. That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight Out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm R.J. Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. So, R.J., we've been taking an early look at a busy wild card weekend in the NFL. We now move on to the Saturday nightcap where the Buccaneers are at Washington. And right now, Tampa Bay is an eight-point favorite on pregame.com. Fez, this is a scenario in which two of the recent trends apply to Tampa in their favor. So last three years in this first round of the playoffs, the road team, 10-1-1 against the spread. 10-1-1. So 12 games only lost once against the spread. And the ATS margin, which is how many points on average a team's winning by or losing by. So if you have two games, one game a team wins by seven against the spread, other they lose by seven, ATS margin zero. In this case, it's over a touchdown in favor of the road team. That's the last three first rounds of the playoffs, and we talked about it yesterday. This has been a year where the road teams have almost outscored the home teams. Mm -hmm. Last year, amazingly, even without the COVID factor, with, with no fans, the road teams almost outscored. In the course of the two years, I'm going by memory. The home team has outscored the road team in the regular season by eight points. And there's been like 30,000 points scored or whatever. (laughs) So 
this has been historic, and it's not just COVID. It was the year before. Now we got a trend that says road teams in the first round of the playoffs, 10-1-1. That's trend one. Trend two that follows Tampa Bay play favorites since 2002 now. So since the playoffs, or let's just go to 2002, is that's not when they expanded. Nine-point or greater favorites, 7-1 and one in the first round of the playoffs. So when you have a motivated, dominant team, they tend to cover. And we've said this all year, when you bet a big dog, it's not that you love the big dog, you think the favorite might not be focused. Yes. In the playoffs, you get a focused favorite. In the first round, in the last 18 years, 7-1 and one when favored by nine points or more. Tampa game, your handicap. Yeah, the Washington offense, let's face it, hasn't been good all year long. I don't like what I saw at all from Alex Smith against the Eagles. Now that the performance on the scoreboard basically Washington met expectations, but that offense, boy, Alex Smith did not look right. And this is a Philly defense that had been torched by everyone. Andy Dalton threw for over 12 yards per pass against this defense the week before. I don't see how Washington's going to score enough points to keep up with Tampa Bay. So what is Alex Smith's record as a starter? Don't have it in front of me. All right. Five, is, he started against – the first game was against the Lions. You might recall they lost by three. They put up like 30 – it was like 35, 32 in that game. And now he started five other games. They're 5-0 and oh, straight up. 5-0. and oh. Now, did you watch that Washington game, I'm guessing, right? The, yes. The Sunday night? What happened at the end of the game? Alex Smith – Hard count, gets them off sides to run off the clock. Yes. Isn't that interesting? I get it. You'd rather have a great quarterback. But amongst a, you know, I don't know, Sam Darnold or some young gun that supposedly has talent and potential versus a hobbled, a limited Alex Smith, but with veteran savvy. Will make all the right decisions. Hmm. I mean, I, I tell you, I mean, Jonas, I'm sure you were watching every play of that game. That hard count there, it doesn't go in any score or doesn't go anywhere other than your memory. And to me, that was representative of what Alex Smith brings to the table. Yeah, he's easily been the stabilizing factor at that position. That, that position has been chaos for a long time with the Dwayne Haskins stuff. They tried to bring in Kyle Allen. He hurt his shoulder early on. He's been the best quarterback on the team. My only concern for Alex Smith is I don't think he's anywhere close to 100%. I think the calf issue is a real issue and the fact that Ron Rivera has talked about you know potentially maybe rotating quarterbacks if need be whether it be Taylor Heineke or Alex Smith in this game I just wonder how close to 100% he is on top of the already gruesome injury he came back from okay so this is where my cynicism comes in now typically you're the cynic but when it comes to being skeptical ladies and gentlemen please hold all tickets the stewards have posted the inquiry sign so I'm going to make the following thought, Jonas. Why would Rivera mention Alex Smith's being hobbled if he was truly hobbled? Mm. No, I, I, I agree with it, you. It, it strikes me that mentioning, oh, we might actually have to split quarterbacks, you know, Craig Morton and Roger Starback, 76 style, I think it was. And I'll tell you this. That tells me Alex Smith is on his way to be healthy. Because why, why would you give a heads up 
If anything, this is trying to put something out there to get the other team thinking about it when it's not going to be the case. I think it's a good sign for Alex Smith. What do you think, Fez? That's an interesting point. You always tell me, don't believe what these coaches are saying. I'm th- what is their motivation? Mm-hmm. Why are they saying it? And to me, there's no reason to say it if it's true. No reason to say it if it's true. We're straight out of Vegas. Real quick, Jonas, we don't have time for the full rundown. Barney at the bar, who does he like in the Tampa Bay game? Uh, he likes Tampa Bay. Yeah, he likes so Tampa Fez, Bay. So, Fez, you've time. got a Barney parlay lined up here. <laughs> I mean, your two big picks today have been Buffalo, because they looked good last week, and Tampa, because Alex Smith is hobbled. <laughs> That's not good. Not good. All right, next game. (laughs) Next game, we've got the Sunday opener. It is Baltimore at Tennessee. And right now on pregame.com, the Ravens are a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. And we're having some fun with Fez. But one thing to think about, the line has to be wrong in order for there to be a, a correct pick. If the line is correct, there is no correct pick. So Fez is, we're saying, who do you like? Who do you like? To some degree, these lines are probably pretty right. And if we get one side and one total this whole weekend, we've done something. Because that means we're betting two bets in six games. Think about a normal weekend. How many bets are you making out of 16 games? Fez, this game. Tennessee defense, I think, really showing fatigue. Now, this Titan team, because the scheduling quirks this year, had to finish with five of their last seven games on the road. And that's going to take a little more out of you, obviously, than having more home games. Last two games at Green Bay, at Houston, Tennessee gives up 40 points and 38 points. That's a defense that looks gassed to me. Not good coming into this week playing Baltimore. Okay, now you're a big Baltimore fan. I mean, we don't have we don't have time to go back and do the rewind about when you said, and this is just me imitating it now. Ah, it's Kansas City and Baltimore, two of the best teams I've ever seen at the top. But in a way, it feels like you're trying to redeem your. It's almost like you and and Colin and Colin with Sam Darnold and you with Baltimore. There's a uh, you want redemption. Yeah, and Baltimore has played. Do you agree? Yes. Yes. Okay, go ahead. And Baltimore has played very well the last five games. Now you got to ask yourself, uh, who have they played? Dallas, Cleveland. Okay, hold on. Okay, so they played very well in the Cleveland game. Well, uh, they won by five. They, they, I mean, you watched the game, right? Yes. They played very well. Their offense played well. You're right. They, they met they expectations. Played very well. They met expectations. Barely. Go ahead. Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Giants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but they and the Bengals. My Bengals. So literally. Five of the seven worst teams in the NFL. Yeah, so you have to ask, is Baltimore trending big time upwards, or are they just a bully clobbering bad teams? Well, what do you think? I think a little both. Really? Yes. All right, well, we might have a bet on this. So are you making a pick on on Baltimore? Well, I need minus three. The line's what? split between three and three and a half. <laughs> what do you mean you, you need minus three? I'm not three. laying three and a half. <laughs> well, I guess we'll see what the line is. Because, I mean, we'll see what the, the fair line is now that you've made a pick. Real quick, we got a minute. The Heisman winner entering last or entering the season was about 100 to 1. You could have got Devontae Smith for. Check this out. In 2016, Lamar Jackson, 100 to 1. He won it. Now, in 17, Baker Mayfield was a f- one of the favorites. In 18, it was Kyler Murray at 100 to 1. And 19, Joe Burrow at 200 to 1. And in 20, 100 to 1, as I just said. So, four of the last five seasons, the Heisman winner in the preseason paid 
100 to 1 or better. So it goes to show you in this day and age, it's so difficult or it's so much easier to come from nowhere. Back in the day, you had to be on the magazine covers and all that. Now you can come from nowhere in just one game. By the way, next year's favorites, Spencer Rattler, 4-1, to one, and Bryce Young, 6-1. to one. That's the two early Heisman favorites for next year, which means they probably won't win it. If you missed any of today's show, you can check out the podcast at FoxSportsRadio.com. We take a look at several wild card games this weekend in the NFL. What you need to know going into these big matchups on Saturday and Sunday, you can find that at FoxSportsRadio.com. Just search straight out of Vegas. We are back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. And as always, you can find the show on the iHeartRadio app. Straight out of Vegas! 